It's been a rough year for teachers, and to be honest, we've been doing it hard through our strikes and claims for fair pay. So, to acknowledge all of the hard work you do, I'm offering all teachers 15% off massages with the coupon KAYAKO2023. See the show notes for details. This is the Teachers Can Podcast. This is a place where you will be informed and empowered to take control of your well-being within the classroom and beyond. I'm Jen Clements and I'm a teacher who can lean on creativity to support me. I'm Amy Kovacevic and I'm a teacher who can lean on my spirituality to support me. I'm Laura Alp and I'm a teacher who can draw on yoga and meditation to support me. We're your hosts and we'll be bringing you raw, authentic and relatable stories to transform the human living inside the teacher. Welcome to the Teachers Can podcast and what's <laughs> exciting about today's um, guest is that we are going to be interviewing one of our hosts, Laura. So we're really excited to for us to get to know a bit about her story and for everybody else to be able to listen to that. So thanks for sharing with us today, Laura. Oh, you're so welcome. This is, I'm really excited, can I just say. Good. I feel like... We've the been, energy is high today. I know. <laughs> and I've personally been waiting for this for at least two years. Yeah, it's been a long time. I've been wanting to tell my story for ages. So thank you so much for making the time and space for this to happen. Yeah, and I think it's really um, awesome that we know lots about each other, us three here, but that we don't know everything. And so we're also going to be on a journey together, getting to know each other. And then as we develop with our skills and our practices and our daily ways of living, we can share that with each other, which I'm really excited about that. Absolutely. As Amy said, the energy is high and that the feels good. The energy is high. So Laura, tell us about yourself. How are you? Oh, well, kia ora koutou, ko Laura Alp tōku ingoa. My name is Laura Alp. I am speaking uh, te reo Māori, the language of Aotearoa New Zealand. Um, no ngā te Pākehā ahau, no Ingarani, no Airani, no Kotirangi, no Shetland Islands or Kutupuna. So I'm a descendant of um, settlers from Great Britain who came to this land in the 1800s. Um, I grew up in West Auckland and I've lived in Tamaki Makaurau in, in Auckland my whole life except for travels overseas. Um, yeah, kei te noho au ki te rohe o Ngāti Whātua o Rākei. So just acknowledge the uh, mana whenua or the tribal authorities of these land being Ngāti Whātua o Rākei. Um, Thank you, Laura. Um, I've already got a couple of questions that I want to ask you, which I think you know which one of them are. Um, and today, are you feeling good? Oh, I'm feeling so good. I, it's the weekend and it's been the first week of term. And um, great short week. We had yeah, <laughs> Anzac Day, week. we had a teacher only day. So I'm feeling well. That's awesome. All right, so I guess we may as well get started and delve a little bit more into your journey within education and a little bit about your stories where you have had challenges or where you might have also had triumphs you'd like to share or um, maybe some of your power moves. So <laughs> all of the above. We'd love to ask you um, how or why did you get into education? Yeah, thank you. That's my journey has been quite different to a lot of teachers that I meet. And for me, actually, learning Te Reo Māori, the language of Aotearoa New Zealand, came 
first before I got into education, teaching wasn't on my radar, probably because my mum is a teacher. And growing up, I saw how hard she worked every day, every Sunday. They should be on the computer doing a mahi, doing a work. And I thought, oh, stuff that. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> I want to have a bit more um, of a balance in the term time. So I'm going to do some other things. So I did a whole lot of travel, tried a bunch of hospitality work. And yeah, I kind of found myself at a crossroads in my life in 2008. I just came back from living overseas. My husband and I um, separated, eventually got a divorce. And I thought, wow, I have a chance to reinvent myself, really. So I started learning te reo Māori. How old were you at this point? I was 27. Oh, yeah. Um, so relatively young, but a lot older than a lot of my mates when they started their mm. um, tertiary training. So, um, yeah, it was actually te reo Māori and learning in an immersion setting through Te Atarangi in South Auckland for two years that um, kind of sparked this fire in me for my own education, my own um, pathway. And it actually gave me a career path that I had not considered before because I got to the end of my two years and all I wanted to do was keep learning, keep mm. speaking, keep mm. being immersed in uh, te ao Māori, in the Māori world. Um, and I don't know, people who are listening here might have had that experience when they learn te reo Māori. It's it's such a beautiful journey and it's so spiritually enriching mm. that you're not in a hurry to cut it short. You just want to stay in that um, in that buzz. <laughs> so an opportunity came up to go to Auckland University to the Māori, um, the Māori side of the education department and do a Māori specialised teaching degree uh, for three years. So I went straight into that, um, made some amazing friends. I'm still tight as with today, a lot of whom, or two of whom I'm teaching with this year, which is like come full circle. Um, so yeah, for me going into teaching was about my love of te reo Māori and a desire to contribute to the revitalisation um, efforts. And yeah. that's certainly an evident journey that we see um, every day with the revitalisation. And I, it always fascinates me how so many children of teachers um, end up becoming teachers <laughs> and some of the most phenomenal teachers I know are those and those who said I'm never going to be a teacher. Uh -huh. They end up being these phenomenally fabulous teachers so that's really cool, that's an awesome story to hear. I think for me I look back and you know mum was a teacher for her job at school but also she couldn't help but um, like embody a teacher every single day. You know, we'd cook pikelets and that would be a food tech lesson. You <laughs> yeah, know, like, you can't do it off. You know, it you follows you can't. wherever you go. <laughs> and she was also, my mum's amazing. Shout out to Catherine Alb. I love her. She uh, started a play centre out in West Auckland, Waiatarua, back in the day. So she had this real play-based discovery kind of approach anyway and growing up was fun. There would always be crafts, always be activities, yeah. you know. So the way that she spoke to us and modelled things, I think I just took that on board. So being a teacher is quite natural for me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And I think that's the really cool thing um, about this co- podcast is that as we sort of go and get to know ourselves better and develop the podcast, it's not just going to be teachers that we will be talking to and working with. It will be people that, as you say, are natural teachers mm. and not necessarily a teacher within the classroom. Mm. Thank you for sharing your story. Um, And I know one of the reasons that we are here is to bring raw, authentic stories. And so we thank you for your honesty and openness. Um, But without these sort of, I guess, good times, there's also some challenges that we end up facing for us to get to this point in our journey where we are focusing on our well-being and how we can support ourselves within the classroom Mm. and outside. Are there any sort of significant challenges um, that you've had in your career that have had an impact um, for you to make change? (sighs) (laughs) Yeah, here it comes. Um, Absolutely. I would say, I want to say three years into my teaching career, but possibly more like two years into my Mm. teaching career, I experienced a massive burnout and I feel like I'm still coming to terms with it and dealing with it Mm. on a daily basis. You know, I haven't gone back to full-time teaching since then. And this was in 2017 when I left full-time teaching. Mm. So, yeah, it's... I didn't realise what was happening to me at the time. Mm. All I knew is that I wasn't coping. Um, I now have, you know, studied burnout and learnt about it in my, you know, kind of wellness studies, and I can see the signs, but at the time I had no idea. But it was things like um, I would would cry at the drop of a hat. Mm. Um, Mm. I would – I couldn't control my emotions. I'd have outbursts at kids. I um, I would be completely overwhelmed and find that um, I couldn't stop thinking about mm. work stuff, yet I had become completely, like, apathetic. Mm-hmm. I had lost any kind of passion that got me into it in the first place that I seriously did have in my first two years of teaching. It wasn't just that Ill, I, I really grew to love what I was doing and, and was incredibly passionate, but I think that was the beginning of my demise mm. is that I couldn't create healthy boundaries between my work and the rest of my life. And it started to eat away at any sense of wholeness. Yeah. It's amazing yeah. how um, burnout can, it sort of like creeps up on you mm. and then you just have no idea what's going on. We're not taught about any of the signs or symptoms or anything like that when yeah. we are young. So what what was it for you that sort of, that light bulb moment came on was like, aha, I'm actually burnt out and I need to take a step back. Yeah, press pause. I think it was my physical health breaking down, Mm. to be honest. Mm -hmm. I mean, full disclosure, I've struggled with my mental health for all of my life and anxiety, going between anxiety and depression, but I'd say anxiety, probably more predominant. Um, But it was my physical health. It was facing insomnia. It Mm. was, you know... I was drinking way too much coffee, maybe four or five black coffees a day wow. without realising. Good for anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Um, but I was, I was actually getting stomach ulcers and oh, I'd wow. lost a whole lot of weight and everything that I would put down my mouth, um, food or liquid, even water, would cause a burning sensation. Mm. And 
you know, there's a strong link between stress and mm-hmm. these uh, digestive Jeff, disorders yeah. and mm-hmm. stomach yeah. ulcers. And it's becoming more and more evidential so to I, many people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I didn't know why I was feeling this way. All I knew is that I was not well. Mm. Yeah. In all aspects of me. I knew about Te Whare Tapafa, the four-cornered house, you know, the Māori model of Hauwara health. Um, and I could see, you know, my relationship with my partner had broken down horrifically. Um, my physical health was just was just non-existent, you know. My I had stopped kind of doing all those things that keep me well, like the regular exercise. Um, I was trying to meditate, but that kind of dropped off. Mm. Um, the practices yeah. that we need the most during those times often can yeah. drop. Mm. And I think as we have developed in our journey or as you develop in your journey, you become more and more aware of not letting those practices fall away. Even when you're feeling well. You've yeah. Got a, that's, that consistency. that's actually when you've got to keep yeah. going the most. Um, you mentioned that you left education for a while. When you made that choice to leave education, well, whether or not it was you making it or your body making it, did you know you were going to return or did you think you were going to return? Oh, you know that cheesy saying, if you love something, let it go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if it comes back, it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I I really just, I really let it go. Yeah. And I had to, at the time I felt I really had to walk away for my own sanity and well-being and not have a, you know, two-year plan or a one-year plan. Yeah. In fact, I in fact, I just knew I needed a break intuitively um, and I'd asked school for a one-year's leave so I could go and visit my sister in the UK. I was missing her and do some travel that always fills my cup. Mm-hmm. Um, but they did not give it to me. Mm. It's hard to staff um, Māori medium positions. Yeah. And they wanted to be able to offer someone a permanent position, mm. my position. So yeah. that was okay. Parents were upset, but it was like everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. So right. I'm really glad, actually, that they didn't because it freed me up to to go on my trip, to just go, okay, well, maybe this is my career, the end of my career. i got to let that path go. Um, and it let, and it opened me up to a whole new career pathway. So I, I studied massage, uh, wellness massage, at Well Park College of Natural Therapies for six months, which was so healing for me. Yeah, it was so like, you got out of it more than what you were sort of initially expecting? It was, yeah, absolutely. Like every time you give a massage in this course, you received a massage. So Ooh, I like the oh, sound wow. of that. <laughs> it was like a, an urban retreat or something on the daily basis. Like yeah. I really got to slow down and have proper lunch breaks, you know, sit oh, in the sun. Lunch break. <laughs> I know, a proper lunch break. And it was so healing. I had digestive problems and I got to heal that year. You know, I got to visit my sister in the UK. I don't know how I did on a student allowance, but I made it's it happen. Amazing how we can make amazing things happen. Yeah, I noticed. Um, oh, sorry, actually, just to, um, I guess, go to but now. So now that you're, you've re-entered education just recently, and gone into the classroom, um, but you're also keeping up your massage and that that business that you've got running. How are you feeling now, being back in the classroom? Yeah, this actually reminds me of my interview for this job. <laughs> I guess as well, I even want to go a step before that. What made you want to go back into the classroom? And yeah. then how are you feeling now? Because I think when we met, you were back part-time. Yeah, and, oh, okay. yeah. and in a mm. sense, even that year that I 
studied massage and I went to India and I did a yoga course and I had this Eat, Pray, Love year, which was so healing. Um, when I came back, I did a couple of days, two or three days teaching. And even while I was studying, I was relieving. So, And then the following years, I've done job shares, I've relieved, I've done long-term relieving. I even... Um, over the lockdown, I freaked out about not having an income and I did a terms maternity leave full time and decided never again. <laughs> but you got to try it to know, you know. Mm -hmm. So I've never actually left, but um, just found ways to kind of make it work. But this year's different. Um, after relieving for the last couple of years and having a real light uh, workload and no meetings, no PD, none of that stuff, this year I find myself back in a Rumaki, a Māori immersion classroom, three days a week. And I'm pretty solely responsible for the, the real development in the class because my co-teacher is not fluent. Um, and that's the reality of not enough, mm. you know, Māori-speaking kayako at the moment. Um, and it is. It's, it's an intense workload and I'm remembering why I left in the first place. But it's a really cool challenge and I'm getting PD, actually, I'm getting professional development to teach te reo as a second language. And weirdly, that's kind of filling my cup mm. because this, oh, is the whole, this is the whole reason I got into teaching mm. was to revitalise te reo. Mm. Um, and so now I'm, I'm, you know, it's kind of, it's all aligning. I've just, I noticed that I've got to be really vigilant and really careful with my boundaries and my self-care mm. practices so mm. that I don't go back into that ugly place and to be honest end of last term I was feeling it yeah I, I was really were, mm. I was really kind of like oh no how much longer can I do this for um you said that you have now an awareness of where you are and how you're feeling um and that you had some self-care practices is there anything that you would like to share with us or things that really do work for you yeah um the biggest thing for me is when I'm at work when I'm at Kura, when I'm at school, I'm at school and I'm on and it's like mindfulness. I'm present. at the task at yeah, hand. Yeah. I'm present and I'm doing my schoolwork at school. When I'm at home, I'm at home. I'm present with my flatmates on Netflix or whatever, <laughs> or whatever it is, but I do not do schoolwork at home. Mm. And yeah. that might, people listening might be like, what are you talking about? It's 2023, you have a laptop, you have an internet connection at home, you can. Just mm. because you can doesn't Just mean you should. For <laughs> absolutely, me, absolutely. and having said that, full disclosure, I have no tamariki, no children of my own. I don't have to work around their schedules. I know a lot of my colleagues who do have tamariki find that once their kids have gone to bed, then maybe nine o'clock at night, they open the laptop, they get an hour's worth of work done. Does not work for me. I need the wind down time before Same. I go to bed. And or we all have our own work. ways of doing mm -hmm. things. And if that's a practice that works for you, yeah. then that's what you should be doing. Yeah. Mm. Did it take you yeah. long to figure out your vice? Because I think everyone's going to have something different that they need to do. How much experimentation did it take you to figure out the things that you need to keep yourself well? Well, like I said, I did my wellness massage training in 2018, and that was kind of the start of my self-awareness mm. journey. Up until 
And it's ongoing. What has it been, yeah. like five years mm-hmm. now? I don't think it ever no. ends for I anyone. Know. Which is a scary thought because people are like, I just want to get to that point. And I'm like, sorry, there is no but point. being yeah. comfortable it's with the that journey. feeling yeah. is so important and yep. that your practices will change and develop through time. And that's okay. Absolutely. Mm. And in each job, the situation, the circumstances, the context is different. And I'm constantly kind of almost like bumping up against my limits or my boundaries and then noticing, oh, there's a red flag. Okay, mm. what can mm. I learn from this? What new practice do I need to put in place? Um, so, yeah, I don't know how long's a piece of string. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I think everybody either listening or um, anyone going through, well, just the journey yeah. is yeah. having those moments and thoughts too. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. Is there anything um, that you wish you said to yourself or a bit of advice that you wish you'd taken on when you initially started teaching? Or if you could go back in time, would you give yourself some advice now you know what you know? Run! <laughs> 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 or, <laughs> or at least, like... You turn into a pumpkin at five o'clock every day, you know, like, <laughs> mm. what do you, st- <laughs> but it's funny, I can say this now, fully, fully, fully knowing the truth of it, right? Yeah. But I heard this exact thing from my colleague at the time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't hear it. Yeah. So everyone kind of, I really believe we've got to kind of walk that path mm-hmm. ourselves, make those mistakes, figure yeah. it out in our own way. Yeah, and if, if someone was to give you that advice at that point in time, I think there's a high chance that you may not have listened. I didn't I would, listen, yeah, no. Yeah. And, I, mm. and I think that's that's so true, is we can tell people to wear black and blue, we mm. can share our experience and our advice, but I think people need to be at that point of going, fuck, like this yeah. isn't okay, I need to make some changes. Yeah. And it needs to be that, come from them, that first step needs to take. So, I mean, I I guess sometimes what I think about is that um, giving teachers or people different tools at the beginning of their journey and they can take whatever bite they want Mm -hmm. is something that's really important and something that I hope that we can do together. Absolutely. Is there anything else you'd like to share with us, Laura, or any power moves you've got or something you'd like to leave us with? A power move is for me is getting outside of my hub my Mm. studio my classroom at least once a day and going to the main staff room and trying to have real conversations with my Mm. colleagues about anything non-work related Mm -hmm. you know like every single time I get to do that I feel like I've just come back to myself I've reminded myself that I'm a human being first Mm -hmm. and a teacher second of taking care of my physical, biological needs. Um, It's just I always feel 100% better. So that's my power move is leave your space of teaching and go have a proper lunch. Yeah, and the more you practice going and doing that and rerouting the conversation away from people from their experience in the classroom, it does start to get easier. Mm -hmm. But it's really, initially, it's quite challenging to get teachers not to talk about that. Mm -hmm. But I challenge everybody out there to try that, to Mm -hmm. try and get to know people, not about what they're like in the classroom, but who they are as a human being. Yeah. Oh, I love this conversation. I was a bit nervous at first, but um, I don't know, I just feel like... I feel a lot of trust and camaraderie. Like, we're all in this waka on this 
journey together. Mm-hmm. You know? And that's exactly what it is. It's a journey. We're all going to have completely different perspectives. Um, and I think that's pretty special. Mm. Really special. Thank you so much for sharing with us, Laura. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing more about your story as we sort of venture into the Teachers Cam podcast. That was the Teachers Cam podcast. Information about our guest and today's content can be found in our show notes.